Tom, can you put up First Peter for me, would you? First Peter, chapter five. Verse 7. Let's just stay in the attitude of worship. It says, Casting all your care, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Will you do that this morning? Just cast your cares. There's some cares in the place, and just need to roll those cares over onto the Lord right now, if you would. It says that his heart becomes mellow towards us and there's there's a mellowness of God towards our hearts today a real mellowing a real uh, a real subduing of the Lord and So right now is the opportunity and what you want to do and what I'm going to do is you just cast and roll the care over unto him Say casting all your cares for him. That's how you're humble. You know, don't don't walk so straight and upright in, in yourself Just humble yourself right now. Just humble yourself. He said humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due time casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you So we're gonna cast the care that means you're just letting go of it And you know that he cares that means he's mellow and his presence is in here very mellow and subduing So go ahead and roll that care that concern that thing that's bothering you and troubling you cast the care just like a fishing term it's like you cast it away from you go ahead and roll it over roll it over cast it to him will you right now everyone do that in your heart everyone do that just actively cast the care over unto him right now that care and know that he's mellow towards you lord we cast the care every concern over unto you we roll it the greek says we roll it over unto him Roll the whole care. Dump that load onto Him. That's humbling ourselves. Not trying to fix it yourself. Not struggling, but rolling it off. Just take it. Take it, Lord. We cast the care. And You care for us. You're mellow for, towards us. We exchange that, that heaviness for that mellow presence of God towards us. That rest. Put your hand over your heart and say, you know what? There is a rest for the people of God was prophesied through David there is a rest for us today he said there's a rest today there is a rest you might have turmoil in your life day by day but there's a rest today there's a rest for the people of God he says there's a rest a Sabbath a rest a peace in that rest so, Lord, we, re- we roll that over and we receive. There's a rest to us today. Everything that we function in today is out of the rest of God. You're the Lord of the Sabbath. Out of your Sabbath rest. We're resting. You, see, you were seated and sat on one day. And we rest in your rest. We rest with you right now. We quit struggling. And remain in rest and trust. And you move in our lives. And you move. And you move in situations right now in this place. Humble yourself. Just humble yourself. Say, you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm not going to walk all tight and upright here. I'm just humbling myself. Casting into all the cares. All the cares. For he cares for me. And I'm going to remain. I'm going to enter a rest today. I'm going to enter a rest. And in that rest, there's going to be a peace. He's mellow towards us. Amen. He's mellow towards us. Yeah, just drink it in. Put your hand over your heart and say, man, I receive the rest of God. I receive the peace of God. I receive right now your mellow, your subduing presence that quiets my soul. I receive, Lord, we receive. We receive in our lives your ministry. We receive in our lives your rest. There is a rest for us, your people. We love you, Lord. Now, if you receive that rest, just throw your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I love you. I love you and I appreciate you. You're a very present help always. You're a very present help always. You're a very present help always in my life. You're my life. And you're always present in my life. You're alive in my life. And you make me lie down in green pastures. You still my soul. You restore it, and you quiet it, and you give great comfort and peace to it. 
Jesus, you're the shepherd of my soul. The great shepherd, Jesus, you're our shepherd. And you make us lie down in cream pastures. You cause mercy to follow us and goodness. And you give us rest. While there's turmoil without, there's rest within. And we receive your ministry today. We receive from you today, Jesus. We receive from you in life, in your very spirit, in your presence to our hearts. We receive that rest of God. We enter it today. We enter the rest. For there is now today. There's a new today. Say that to the Lord. There's a new today. There's a right now today. There's still a rest for us, the people of God. Today is a day of refreshing, a day of resting. His heart's mellow towards us. Receive his refreshing. Receive that peace. Receive that rest. Right now in his presence, just, just let him subdue your heart. Let him quiet your mind. It says in verse 7, he again fixes a certain day. Say a certain day. And that day is today, according to David in Hebrews. He said it's a certain day and it's a today. Saying through David, there's a rest. Today is a new today for me. And there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Lord, we receive. We love you. We love you. We love you. Will you tell them that? In this quiet, subduing kind of presence, just tell them you love them. Acknowledge them. Appreciate them. In every way that he appears to us. When Christ appears. When he comes suddenly, like last week, and, and explosively. But when he comes with a silence and a still, small voice and comfort to our hearts. Makes us lie down in green pastures. Look at Psalms 23. Let's go there. Let's let God minister through his word and his presence. Psalms 23. Peter even says he's the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. John 10 said he's the, that he's our shepherd. He, he's beseeching us to come into his, his fold, to eat of his nourishment. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. For he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff. They do comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. And my cup overflows. For surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will. Will you say that to the Lord? And I will. Because of all that, I will. I'll dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Will you raise your hands to him just in adoration and appreciation for his love for us. His mercies endure forever. Amen. His mercies endure forever. Lord, we love you. And we wait upon you right now. And we don't awaken or stir you until you've had your fill with our hearts today. We give thanks to you, Lord, for your good. For your loving kindness is everlasting. And we are the redeemed of the Lord, and so we say so. Will you say that, Lord? I'm redeemed, and I'm saying so. Lord, you've redeemed me from the hand of my adversaries. You've gathered me from lands, from the east and from the west. From the north and from the south. You deliver me out of distress. And you've led me and lead me by the straight way. 
Let them give thanks. Say, Lord, I'm giving you thanks this morning. To the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders. For he has satisfied the thirst in my soul and the hungry soul. He has filled with good. Will you tell him that? You fill my soul with good. Lord, you saved me out of distress. You brought me out of darkness in the shadow of death. You've broken the bands that bound me. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord, will you? Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. For his loving kindness and his wonders to us, the sons of men. He shattered gates of bronze over my life, and he cut the bars asunder from my life. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and mercy and his wonders to the sons of men. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. Will you do that? And tell of his works with joyful singing. Oh, that men would give thanks. He changed the wilderness into a pool of water. The dry land is in the springs of water. Oh, that men would give thanks, will you? That's the heart of God. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. Oh, that men would give thanks. Oh, that men and women would give thanks to the Lord. Oh, there's not even a word in the Hebrew that describes it. It's such, oh, the word, oh, that comes from the groaning, the spirit of David. And from Paul the Apostle in the New Testament. Oh, it's, that, it, it's a word of intensity that you can't even communicate. And, and you just say, and men just say, oh, my God, oh. An intense word. Hard to explain in the human language. Oh, that men would praise him. Oh, that men would give him honor. Oh. That sound in David's heart. Oh, that sound in, in, in Paul's heart. That we're a grateful people. That we serve the living God. Just lift your hands and worship. Present yourself today, will you? Just present yourself today. Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, for it is your reasonable service. God is alive. And he's in me and you. He's the inhabitor of our lives. Will you say that like Paul said, Christ, you are my life. Yeah, will you say that, Jesus, you are my life. You know, a lot happened here last week, and I, I've given thought to it. And as you're worshiping Jesus, I'm going to talk you through it. But I remember coming here, and I remember about towards the end of the meeting, I remember we read a scripture in John chapter 11, and, 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 and all of a sudden, out of all that day, and all of a sudden, a suddenly of God began to occur. And he began to occur when we began to read the scripture and say, I thank you, Lord, that you always hear us. I thank you, Lord, that you always hear us when we pray. And we began to, the, it began to break out, and something began to happen spontaneously, and a suddenly of Jesus came. And I asked, and I sought him, and I said, you know, it's not, by, not for nothing that that occurred. What, what is the meaning of it? And I'm, I'm, I'm not wanting to read into the meaning, but I want to acknowledge him. And I came back here not many hours after, and I just came here, and, and I, I returned and, and still had that aroma of Jesus in this place from that moment of suddenly. And I just said, as we sang that song, and we were singing, I, I, here I am, here I am, here I am. I want you to do that. To say, here I am, Jesus. I don't know the meaning of that suddenly in totality, but I know that God opened a heaven for us. There was an open heaven. And I know something happened in me, and I know something had to happen in you. I don't know all the meaning and the fullness of it, but I'm acknowledged that. I came back here and I said, Lord, Jesus, here I am. Here I am, Jesus. And will you do that? Present yourself to him? If there's anything besides him being mellow and subduing, there's a presenting of ourselves before him today that's necessary. Paul the Apostle urges and said, present yourself a living sacrifice. 
do some presenting between you and God today, will you? Whether you lift your hands or whether you just express that, oh, Lord, you're so wonderful. Oh, Lord, you're so rich in mercy. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. That heavenly oh that's inside of you, that oh, God, we love you. You kept me alive. We've sang it. You took me out of the miry clay, and I'm presenting myself. Oh, that men would praise him. And if you could be seated if you want, but we're going to stay in that attitude. And there was, there was, a, there was something that happened, and there's an opening, an open heaven that happened. Yes. And that's a suddenly of God. And I want to know, I, I seek God, I want to know, and I, I've come back here and I return, I want to know, Lord, what, what's the meaning of this? And what's the cause? I know that we sing all morning long and God speaks to us, change my life, transform my life, and, and that's, that's part of the groanings in our hearts, transformation and change. That's part of the groanings. But I don't know what uh, it all meant. I know that God wants to do something with that open heaven, and I know that he changes you when you experience him in those areas. I know he changes you within. Let's just go there real quick, John 11. And let's, let's follow it up. We're, we're in a whole different attitude in, in worship. We'll just stay with it. But it was the 11th chapter we were reading. We were talking about the resurrection. And there became a suddenly and a happening of God. If you, there was, if you were here, you, you know it. If you were here, you know it. His suddenly and his, his drawing, his spontaneity. And we, and we just respond. Amen. And we got we were right around this chapter here. Where were where are we at here? It was about the forty forty first chapter and I mean forty first verse in John eleven. He said He said, Then they removed the stone, and then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father. Will you say that? Say Father. And see, we got to that point, and all of a sudden, something began to change. A suddenly of God happened, and, I, and I've been searching them, and I'm asking them, and I definitely don't want to read or make more of it than it is, but I don't want to let it pass when he's speaking to us in it for a reason. When he comes suddenly, it's more than for us just to feel good for a moment. Amen? He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said, I said this, so they may believe that you sent me. Will you say, Father? Say, my Father, who art in heaven, hallowed to be kept is your name. In my life, in my family, in my community, in my city, through me. Will you say that? Through me. Our Father. And we know that when we said that, that Jesus, it was quiet for 4,000 years. But when Jesus was baptized, he said the heavens began to open as he was praying. And he showed us, it's not just for me. This is not just what I do. This is for you. I'm the firstborn among many brethren. So the Lord led the way. And you got to know that in John, when he said that, John the apostle was there. And he writes in 1 John chapter 1. He said, these things I have written about the word of life Jesus Christ the things that I've handled the things that I've seen and you got to know that in that John 11 gospel John was a witness to and saw the heavens open and saw the father move at the calling of his son and you got to know that the Lord led it for us so we all pray and Jesus was telling us that now it's your turn I showed you the way now it's your turn to pray now it's your turn to connect with the Father. Now it's your turn for a transition. What I do, you do. I'm the firstborn. You're next. You're next in line. Somewhere you got a number that you've been born. And he said, I want you to stand in that place that I taught you. And I want you to pray like I prayed. And I want you to have fellowship with the Father like I have fellowship. I want you to have communion like I have communion. I made the way. I prepared a way. And I'm leaving, but now you call our Father. Father who art in heaven and you watch him move and raise dead things like he did through me he does through you say through you John go to first John if you would Tom first John 
So I was asking the Lord and saying, what, 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 what does this mean in totality? And I, I still really don't know, in all frank honestness. But I know that something happened. There was a suddenly, and there was a reason. But I began to look at the scriptures, and, and I began to reflect. And I said, man, John, you were there. And then First John, after John was there, and he witnessed this, he says in John 1, the epistle of John, what, what was from the beginning, say the beginning, which we have heard and we have seen with our own eyes. I got to believe that he's referring to John 11 here. What we looked at, touched with our own hands, concerning the word of life. Say he's the word of life. Yeah, he's not the book of knowledge. He's the word of life. He's Jesus. He's full of life, full of grace, full of truth. That's who he is. Don't you know? Don't you know? 29, 29 million people watch this, this thing called the Bible. 29 million people. In the history of the History Channel, it broke all historical records. 29 million people looked at that show. And I heard reports. I hardly watched it. But I heard reports, and people called me and said, Did you watch that show? I said, I sure didn't. I missed it. They said, It moved me. I began to weep. I began to weep. I began to cry. I began to weep and cry when I saw Jesus. When they saw the image of the Father through the Son. They began to weep. You know, when humans suffer, nobody, they go, oh, that's tough, tough road. But they knew that the God that should have killed us died for us. And they began to be moved. And I thought, wow, that's simple. That's 101. But they were moved by the 101 gospel. God should have killed you. But he died for you. They were moved by it. And I said, man, all creation's groaning. Sometimes we bypass those truths. Say, God, wake me up and let me help other people. I didn't realize sometimes the 101, just a simple show that God spoke through. 29 million people tuned in because our society has been collapsing. Because when you take away the image of God... When they take away the image of God and exchange the image of God and the likeness of God, then everything becomes dark and chaotic. When his image is robbed from a society and from a culture, it falls into darkness. Romans 1 makes it clear. He said when they exchange the image of the living God that they know is God, then things begin to get dark. And God said, I let them have their way. And so when I hear that sound in 29 million saying, he should have killed me, but he died for me. And they began to awaken to first order of salvation. The message of reconciliation. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 5, Paul the Apostle in the 19th verse said, Be reconciled to God, I beseech you, I urge you. Be reconciled to God. And yeah, he was talking to us to talk to unbelievers, but he was also talking to us in our lives. Be reconciled more fully to God. And he's doing that. There's not a person, not a one of us that have received Jesus that can remain the same. It's impossible. He that's joined to the Lord, 1 Corinthians 6 says, if we're joined to the Lord Jesus, there's got to be progression. We've got to keep going. You've you, you got to keep going further. In him was life. Say life. And that life was light. And light never stops moving. And that life and light is in you. It's in the new creation. It started as a seed. It grows into a reed and into a tree. Peter said it becomes the divine nature of Christ in you and I. We live by his life. It's not some fable. He lives and it continues. It continues. And he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. And I, have, I had a young man call me the other day and I was happy even though he had the, the essence of Peter and wanting to cut off ears and even though he may even had some, some uh, carnal fire mixed with the real fire and said, Lord, send down fire. But the good thing is he's being tempered and he can't tolerate. Can't tolerate that. He said, Lord, I can't, I can't, Craig, I can't do this. I can't tolerate this pretense. I can't tolerate this, this uh, what he used the term, institutionalizing of religion i can't tolerate that i can't do that cotton candy thing i said good for you good for you don't tolerate it that's not the lord anybody that remains in that thing it's impossible if you have the life of god people will tell me that they remain in the same dead churches forever they, how can you be joined to the lord who is life and join yourself to something that's stagnant and dead it's impossible 
Christ in you is going to grow out of that thing. He never stops. His, his mercies are new every morning. Amen? Say, God, you're progressing in me. There is no stagnancy in me. I'm keep on going because you keep on going in me. In you is life, and the life is that light, and i got to progress. I can't be joined to anything else but Jesus Christ and the reality of who he is. He changes your life. He transforms your life from glory to glory, from faith to faith. You continue. Say continue. If you continue in my word, the Lord said, you're my disciples indeed, and you're going to know the truth, the reality of the aletheia, and that's going to make you free. That's going to make you whole. That's going to make you a complete person that all society is groaning for. Amen? 29 million. I was, I was baffled, but I was rejoicing. And I tuned in and watched it. And I, had to, I was telling Jimmy, he came to the house right before, and I said, I'm amazed. I was taking notes as God speaking to me through some Hollywood production. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm taking this in. I'm taking this in. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. I want to do a little equipping. I don't have really anything planned here. Because I, I wanted to wait because I want to go through Romans 12 and, and lay it out for, for this local house. I feel like God's been on it about the identities that people need to know who they are. But 2 Corinthians 5, let's go there about being reconciled. 2 Corinthians 5, I think it's the 19th verse. My Bible's all marked in here. I can't even hardly see it with the black writing. Let's see. Is that 18? Mm-hmm, I think so. Be reconciled. Five nineteen, namely that God was in Christ. Let's put it in the Amplified if you don't have it there, Tom. Let's look at that together. Namely, it was God personally. Say personally, present. That's right now. Say right now. It was God personally present. You know that famous song that John Wesley sang years ago that people tried to make. A little more weaker than it really was. He said, amazing love, how can it be that my God had died for me? And people tilt with that, so they try to rewrite it and say, how could God die for you? And they got all theological and confused, but John, he, he wrote it from a burning heart. John Wesley, from a fire of God, and said, my God, how amazing. Amazing love, how can it be that my God had died for me? Yeah, the Son of God died for you. And some of the people that were there, you got to awaken yourself to where they're at. They told me, why didn't, why didn't he just destroy everything like he did in the Old Testament? Why didn't he do that? Why did he suffer? I said, it was God. And he laid aside all royalty. And there was a payment plan that he had to redeem us. And that Adam turned over one thing and broke the laws. And Christ fulfilled all those laws and took back and purchased mankind for you. One man's death. Say one man's death. It's greater than one man's transgression. And they couldn't understand that. Well, why, if he, why didn't he just smash the devil? Because there was things set in motion that he had to fulfill. He bought us back. Say, so bought us back. And I forget that some, of these, some people don't know that. They don't know. That's, this, that's gospel 101. But you've got to know it. You've got to refresh yourself in it. So you go after them. People are lost. Bottom line, they are lost without God. They said someone was telling me about New York. They thought it was 80% weren't believing in God any longer. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling, say reconciling, and restoring the world to favor with himself. Now counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. This is good news, and this is the news that we come out of here and we tell other people. God's not mad at you. Christ died for you. He's not judging you. He judged Christ for you. Receive, receive this reconciliation. And the restoring. Have a whole life. Have a normal life. Amen? But canceling them and committing us, the, committing to us, say committed to me. The message, say the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. Say it was God in Christ. He was God. He left heaven, came here as a man, suffered at the hands of evil men that he could have killed. Or called down a legion of angels, but he didn't. He paid a price, and he paid it in full. Amen? And yeah, that's the gospel and the good news. And that's the love of God, and we're preaching that all the time. Say 24-7. At the grocery store. Amen? In Odessa, wherever you are, that's the gospel. You're telling them, Jesus loves you. He died for you. It was God himself. He wants you. He has a plan for you. 
He's not the image that you saw in religion. See, that's what happens. And people are turned off because they see an image in religion that's just not real. It's just not true. It's not the image of God in the face of Jesus. That's the image we're to reflect. Amen? Amen? Go to Daniel, since we're on that. Actually, I don't know where you're going. Hang on. Let's go to Romans. We got we to gotta just, everywhere we go, we got to, you know, this is a good time. When, when people see, sow seeds out there and people aren't understanding but questioning and asking God and seeing some of the love of God in the face of Jesus through even a TV show or whatever it is, we're going to seize the moment. Amen? You go after it. It awakens you. It restores you in your life of his love. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your love. Amen? I was going to tell you something. Let's start. Let me, let me uh, go back to Romans. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. I want to finish one thought, though, that, as I'm talking. That's not in my teaching, but it's about image, and it's about likeness. And it's, it's, it's real important to me right now that, I, that you could see that. I think it's Romans 8. And I don't wanna, uh, maybe you can find it in 16 verses. That all creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. It says the whole creation is yearning, groaning, like, show me something. Show me something, right? Show me the, where's the image of God. And a lot of people have rejected it, and leaders have rejected it, and our nation is suffering because of it. But the Lord's growing in his people. You know, I got like in two, I think in two, uh, one month, I got a dream from a man of God, and I had this other an individual give me an insight and said, don't, don't quit doing what you're doing. Don't stop. Do not go with the institutionalizing of, the, they kept using that word, institutional, institutionalizing. Don't go there. Don't go with that cotton candy. Don't go with that falsity. Please don't do that. And I got to listen to that. I don't intend on ever doing it. And I tell them all that. I can't do that. I, I wear a garment from God and so do you. If you've tasted and seen how real God is in your life, you can't put on that other garment. It's pretense. You can't put on that fake thing. You can't worship the image of an idol. You're joined to Christ. Amen? It says, for even though, verse 19, even though the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly and longs, say longs, earnestly for God's sons to be made known. The revealing and the disclosing of his sonship. And that's how people are going to see the image of God. Say it's through you. That you're not God, but you have the image of Christ in you. And you're to reflect that. See, that's the real gospel. Even in the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created man in his image and his likeness. An image is inside, right? Likeness is outside. Transformation, Paul talks about, is inside. Conforming is outside. We have his image. Say, I have his image. And the likeness is going to appear, and I'm going to express him everywhere I go. Amen? That's you and me. That's you and me. Let's go, let's go to Romans chapter 12. I'm, I'm considering maybe not doing too much because I want all, all the others that are on at these events and different places, I want them to get in on some of these things that we're doing that God's really wanting to do for their lives because there is such a lack of, of his image any, any longer. And when people see it, man, they're hungry for it. I, I, I'm amazed. I have a guy that calls me from the, the prison, uh, I don't know, maybe twice a week, and I don't remember how many times. But he was in there for life, and he, he calls me up, and they, and they say, will you answer this collect? And I go, yeah, I got it, and uh, I get it. And the first thing he says, what would you talk about Sunday? Apparently says, hi. Can you give me the scriptures? Can you give me the outline? What would you talk about? I said, I'm good, because you only get it 20 minutes on the call. So let's go. Let's unload whatever it is. But the Bible says the full soul loathes that. It doesn't care. I don't care. But the hungry one that's stuck behind a prison saying, give me God. Give me something. Amen? Say, God, I'm hungry. See, God's going to do something in and through you. He's going to do it. I, I can't believe that he does all these open heaven things and these suddenlies that he comes and things begin to occur. Not for nothing. I can't believe that. You know what I mean? It's not some Pentecostal thing where you just, you know, you twitch. No, God's imparting something for a reason for something in our lives. Yeah, to change us, but it's to further something in him, right? Further, out of this place. You're unique people. You seriously are. There's, there's not many people that just stay with it. Look, at this place, this community is like what Jesus said. It's a root in dry ground. It's dry around here. But he sprung forth. Say he sprung forth. Christ sprung forth a root out of dry ground. Yeah, we're in a dry ground. And it says that he had nothing. There was no, nothing becoming of Jesus in the flesh. 
And we got nothing in the flesh here. And even in our building, you know, it's kind of outdated and aged. We got nothing that to look at. But we got Christ springing forth out of each life here. And you can't stand around here. You can't stay long in here without longing for him in a certain way. And people begin to awaken. Because when you're talking about Jesus, you're talking about the love of God. When you're talking about him, amen? When you're talking about how he created you and who he made you to be and giving the identity, that sound is in people's hearts. I had a young man talk to me this week, and, he, and out of his heart, I listened to his heart, out of his groanings, he said, you know what I want? I just want honor. I don't want to help people. I want honor and respect and help other people. I said, you're going to get that from God. Psalms 8 says he's clothed us with honor. I said, you get that from God, not from a job. You get that from God. Honor comes from God. Psalms 8, O Lord, O our Lord, how majestic is your name. Put it up there for me, Tom, before I run out of how to remember how to quote it. Psalms 8, O Lord, our Lord. It, those O's are, are really gripping my heart. The O's of David. That Hebrew word means O means it's intense and it's hard to express meaning. It's almost like a groan. Oh, God, you're amazing. Paul did the same thing with the O. O. David said, oh, that men would worship him. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Listen, how excellent is your name? Where is his name? Excellent. <laughs> That's the only thing excellent in this earth. There's nothing in this earth excellent but the name of Jesus. He said, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Where? In the earth. Where? Through you and I. His name is exalted. Where? Through us. His name. That's the only thing on earth worth Ascent is his name, his nature, and who he is, his love, his gospel that still remains. And not just the gospel of justification, though it's the most beautiful thing, amen? But a gospel that also produces sanctification, a gospel that produces glorification, a gospel that, that produces transformation, a gospel that creates a culture of believers that house the living presence of God. Oh, Lord. Our Lord, how excellent is your name in the earth, who has set your glory above the heavens. Next verse. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings you have ordained strength because of thine enemies. Thou hast mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Through praise, say through praise. Through my praise, as I come as a child, through your praise, as we come as a child, it stills the enemies in our lives. Praise still works today. Praise still happens now as you praise him. When you get a bad report, as you praise him, when the doctors say, I, I can't do much for you, as you praise him, it still works and still is it stills the avenger, the enemies. Say, praise still works. I got a garment of praise. Amen. I just got to utter it out of my mouth, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. You have ordained strength. My strength comes from praise. Over my enemies, you might steal the enemy and the avenger. For, next verse. When I consider the, the heavens, you ever do that? Do you ever consider the heavens? I, I do more now than I ever have. I go outside, I smell pine trees. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a worshiper of God, but I love to see him in creation. I do. It's, it's, just, it's a groaning of God. He said men will know him by looking at the stars and how vast he is. David wrote all those psalms as a young man. Before the battlefield, on the shepherd's field, he was just sitting there playing his guitar under heaven and saying, man, you're amazing. And God was speaking to him through the stars, speaking through the moon, the sun, that he made for us, that he made for man, the Bible says, to minister to us. The sun ain't going nowhere. Someone was saying that yesterday. Where's the sun going? Nowhere. He gave it to minister to us, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained. Next verse. What is man? You ever ask that? Who am I? What am I? That's the sound that you're hearing. That's the sound that I'm hearing a lot. Who am I? What do I do? What am I supposed to be? That's the sound of, of most of America, the 45% we talked about. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the first order is know who he is. Amen? Present yourselves a living sacrifice. Present yourselves first in who he is. And he's going to show you who you really are. And how he made you. 
and how he gifted you. And that gift will make room before kings. That gift will make room for itself because that's part of Christ in you. The gift that he gave you. That's without repentance. And every one of you have a gift from the heavens. And God wants to get that gift awakened. And he wants that gift to be functioning in its entirety. Amen? What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visited him? Next verse. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him. Say crowned him. With glory and with honor. Say crowned the Lord with that. Say man. God's man. God's woman. Is crowned. Say I'm crowned. With glory. That's his very nature. I'm clothed with the nature of God. And with honor. Say honor. Respect. And that young man was saying what he heard with the sound of God in his heart was, I just want God's glory and I want God's honor. And I'm, t- and I'm telling him, you're not going to find that in a job. You're going to find that in God. And it's going to be on you. And the fact of the matter is, you already have some glory and honor on you. And the way you stand for God, when all your friends go down and go out and drink like wild Comanches and have sex and, and go crazy and you stand strong and you're, you're denying that and you're following Him, you're getting another measure of glory. You're getting another measure of honor on your life, another measure of respect on your life. Because you're in God and you're in the will of God. And he's the only one that can give you that honor. Don't you know that? Don't you know that? As much as I weep, men like General uh, Petraeus, he's got a great position. And there's some respect in it as a military. But his character that fell in one, one hour over seduction, he lost glory. He lost honor. That comes from God. Yeah, he's still got a title. But does he wear that anymore? And no men get that back unless they repent like David. Unless there's true repentance expressed and then they're changed. I've met few, I hope to meet more, that I don't even remember their sins anymore. I counseled them for days and hours and they did something with God. And they repented before God. And they meant it. They meant it. And I don't even know them that way anymore. I don't even remember. I can't even remember. That's how God erases. As far as the east is from the west, he forgives and cast it away. That's no theory. That's reality. And I look at them, and one time I, I remember, I go, oh, my God, I forgot all about that because he forgot about it. They don't have that on them. And if that man does not repent, he's always going to wear that badge, even though, oh, we're going to remember him. He was a great man about this, but he never repented of this. Remember how sad? I was watching the news, and a man, he, I think he, became, he started serving. I don't know what he did. He changed his life. But when he died, everybody remembered him in the vial that he did. That's humanity. They remember that. Well, you were so-and-so. That, Satan tries to define people by their fall. But if you repent, you can't be defined by it. You have the identity of God. You have glory and honor, and you're clothed with it. That's what men want. They think they want careers, and they think that's going to give it to them. It's not. God gives that. He puts the very image of himself and the likeness of Jesus. In Romans, he said, hey, here, here you go, Romans. You're predestined, say predestined, to be conformed in the very image of my son. That's destiny. Amen? Let's go one more verse. I don't even know if there's any more verses, Tom. Let's go. For you made him have dominion. So when that clothing and that glory and that honor, you get dominion, the works of your hand. And he has put all things under his feet. Say he put them under Jesus. He's talking about Jesus, right? But he's talking about you and me because he's the head and we're the body. We're his feet on this earth. What he was oiled with, we're oiled with. All things under his feet. Next verse. All sheep, oxen, yeah, the beasts of the field. Everything. Everything. I don't know how much further I'm going to go with this. The fowl of the air and the fish of the sea. And what's... Easy, easy. I can't read that fast. Tom, come on. What are you trying to do to me? <laughs> He's trying he try to make me Evelyn, Evelyn speed reading. <laughs> he said, He's on a pretty good roll. Go, go. The fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the pass of the sea. Don't, you know, that's amazing. I'll go. That's another day. Go ahead. 
Oh, Lord, say that with me. Oh, Lord, our Lord, say it with me. Oh, Lord, out of your belly, out of your bowels of mercy, you cry out to God. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all this earth. That's what it is. The O's of God. Oh, oh, that men would praise him. Oh, oh, Lord, our Lord. Oh, that men would. That just, when you're there, you're just expressing that divine oh. Thank you, Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Yeah, my father. That's right. We're right back there again. My father. My father which art in heaven. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Our father. Oh, Lord. Our father. Oh, Lord. Oh, that men would praise him. Oh, that men would glorify him. Oh, that men would serve him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, that's our desire. That's our cry. That's our plea. That's our cry. That's our plea. That's our desire. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, yes. Yes, Jesus. Will you put your hand over your belly and just say, Oh, God, my God, how majestic is your name. Oh, my Lord, how majestic is your name. Out of of your bowels, out of your mercies, out of that intuition, out of that human spirit, out of that groanings of God. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In all the earth. Oh, Lord. Look at, look at, look at uh, uh, Romans chapter 11, Tom, 33. He's wonderful, isn't he? And he visits us. And he moves our hearts to cry out with that groaning and that, oh, we got to know you. Oh, how rich you are. Bypasses human thinking and it's the bowels of mercies, that, that the groanings of God. Verse 33, oh, this is Paul. Oh, the depth. He can't even say it. That word, oh, look it up in the Hebrew. Look it up in the Greek. If you can, if you got that thing, do that for me. Oh, it means intensity. The word study says intensity. Uh, Can't even put words on it. And Paul says this, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unfathomable, inscrutable, (laughs) unsearchable are his judgments. His decisions and how untraceable and mysterious and undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, and his paths. Will you say, oh, oh, God, you're so rich. Oh, that you're so rich. Oh, you're so rich. Oh, and you've got to know, I read the two chapters before that in the 10th chapter, in the 9th chapter. It talks about the mercies of God. And those mercies move Paul, in this utterance, to say, oh, the depth of your riches, the riches of your mercy, your loving kindness, your wisdom, you're amazing. You burn in my heart. You're real in my heart. The psalmist said that that you inspire me and my heart gushes on a matter. I can't contain it. It gushes in a matter. It's deity in me. It's Christ in me. For God, it was, let's go back to that one, one uh, verse, Tom, 33. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. It's, it, it's happening, right? It, it's, it's open heaven. It's suddenlies of God. It's, it's the crying out like even today of the O's and the groanings of God in our lives that he births those things and who we're to be. And though it's a small place, and though it's a root, it's sprouting forth out of dry ground because it's connected to Jesus. And this can't be hidden much longer. It's a city that can't be hidden. Christ can't be hidden. All humanity is attracted to him in and through you. So let your light so shine before men. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Let your light so shine. Let that glory and that honor be seen. Let that behavior be marked like that young man. 
He said, I'm, I feel like, he said, I feel like this. I said, there's a scripture, a, a Psalms for you. He said, I feel like they're getting away with murder. I said, oh, no, they're not. They're not getting away with murder. The psalmist made it clear. He thought that. He said, I thought they were getting away with murder, God, and I'm here. I'm following you, and it's a little tougher. And he said, but until I came to the habitation and to the house of God, and then I saw their end, and I saw where I began with you. Say it's worth it. He's worth it. Every suffering, every affliction that we call, that's only momentarily, it's worth it. Paul said that. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. Why? The upper verses say, because I'm found in him, because I've gained him. That's why I'm willing to suffer, because I saw the vision of who he really is in me. And there's nothing that compares. Say, Christ, you're my life. You're not a fable. You're not a story. You are my life. Amen. Oh, that men would praise him. Where is that? Psalms 107. Let's try it. I encourage you that when there's open heavens and when God's groanings are in your heart, that you just, you release that, oh, when you're captivated by him and then the beauty of his creation and you've got that moment, that silence before God and that suddenly that you just go ahead and say, oh, you're amazing. Oh, that men would praise you. Oh, that men would know you. Is it Psalms 105? Cool. Thank you, Arthur. What? Okay. Let's read it. I don't know. How many verses is it? Oh, you guys know. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Say, let's read it together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Number one, he is good. And for his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. Verse 8. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Fifteen. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Twenty-one. Look, he says it again. Let us say it again. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and his loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Thirty-one. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. That's it. Oh, amen. Oh, look at that. Let's go back to Romans. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up pretty soon, I think. I think some other guys got some things percolating here. Let's consider what happened on open heaven. People say the resurrection, whatever they want to call it, we're calling it resurrection life day. Amen. What did God do today? He did a big thing last week. He opened the heavens. He, he, he encouraged us. If nothing else, he encouraged you to get in the place of prayer and call him our father. If nothing else that you got, that you can go and be heard by the father, just like Jesus said. Amen. And look at first John, because I close this up the fifth chapter. And he begins to go, he says, and these things are written that you might know, say no, in the 13th verse, that you have eternal life. Don't you get it? He says in 1 John 1, I want you to have fellowship. What I saw Jesus do, I want you to have fellowship with that. That's the apostles' fellowship. That's what he says in John 1. We've got to get used to the fellowship of God and, and the fellowship of the apostles. We've got both of them. They speak a heavenly language. Paul said, I talk about things glossia with tongues that angels can't communicate. I talk out of that. We got to get used to talking like God talks. Not this religious thing, kumbaya on it, but God's language. Paul said, I want to utter some more things, but I can't talk. And these apostles had heavenly language. They didn't just talk in tongues. They had glossia. They revealed utterances and mysteries. And we got to get used to that, folks. We got to get used to that conversation. We got to get used to the scriptures. We got to get used to what they're saying and how they said it. And what they meant by it. It's far, far short of what it is. But we're going to his words and fellowship. Fellowship with the, the Lord. Say that. Amen. We have heard, seen ourselves and heard. And we're telling you 
the Apostle John saying, so that you may realize, say realize. See, listen, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Truth is the realization of grace. And he's coming to our lives with some depth and imparting, right? So we catch some things and be transformed by those things and function in Christ in these things. We have fellowship. He says, telling you so that you may realize, have the realization and joy and fellowship as partners. Say partners. Partakers. I think Arthur gave the definition a couple months ago about fellowship. Participant. He had this definition from the Greek. With us and with fellowship that we have, which is, distinguish, which is a distinguishing mark. Say a distinguishing mark. Say Christ alone gives me that. Yeah, he gives me that distinguishing mark of a Christian, a real Christian. Is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. He said, your fellowship is with the Father and the Son. Your fellowship is with us, with us, with us apostles, our writings. And we're going to grab it. We're going to grab hold of that, those mysteries and that reality in God through the Word of God. And we're going to have ears to hear. And we're going to have eyes to see that His dream was for our lives. And it's not some pretend thing. It's an open heaven for a reason. It's to get us from some place to the next place. I'm telling you the truth. You can't contain the Jesus that you received. You can't contain the resurrection of life in you. You can't stop that. That life continues in the light. No man can stop it. And when people get stopped, unless they're backslidden and fallen, our job's to help them. Get up. You might have fell, but it ain't over. Get back up. Run. By the mercies of God, run. But you're never stopping. To the religious that have stopped, then you deal with them differently and tell them, you need to repent. You can't be joined to Christ and be joined to this dead thing. That's an idol. If it's dead, it's an idol. But he is alive. And we keep on moving. Christ never stopped moving. When he, he was born, he kept moving. He got baptized and he kept going. Hey, behold the Lamb of God. He keeps walking. He never stops moving. He's in me. Say he's in me. He's in you. You might hit a hard place, but he's going to plow through that with you. He never stops. Say he never stops. Say he can't stop us. Won't stop us. And we are now writing these things to you. Why? So you might have fellowship. Why? So you have fellowship with the Lord, the Father, and the Son. That you might have that fellowship. Why? With us. Why? That you might have some joy that's full. Say full joy. And you may be full, and, and your joy may be complete. Not only full, but complete. Amen? Next verse. And this is the message, the message of promise. Say, hey, it's the word of life. Jesus is life. That thing's a word of promise, which we have heard of him, and now are reporting to you. God is light. Did we not say that? He's light, and light never stops, and there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. Let's go to the 5th chapter and 13th verse. This John telling us, I saw an open heaven. I saw the Lord do this for our sake. I saw him raise his friend Lazarus from the dead. I saw him say, Father, you hear me always. I saw him say that so I could say that, so you could say that, so you could say that, so you could say that. Our Father, he gave us that platform in Christ. Amen. Firstborn among many, say many. I don't know. He's number one, but I may be 2,050. I don't know. That's a bad number. Jimmy said, Craig, yeah, that, you know how many guys were saved? Between, I know. I know. I, I know. I don't know. Give me something that's real, like a number. I don't know. I mean, I'll be a lot. I'll be, but you're in that number, right? We can sing that. Where, where do you go? Oh, when the saints go marching in, I'm going to be in that number. When the saints go marching in. Come on. Oh, when the saints... Go marching in, come on. Oh, when the saints go marching in, I'm going to be in that number. When the saints go marching in. Yeah, I'm in the number. I'm in the number. And I'm talking about the saints of God. Not that team you love. Not that team you love. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so long as it's not the Cowboys. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You are a funny man. Firstborn among many, anyway, you're in that number, right? I write these to you who believe. I write this to you. Say, it's written to me. It's the fellowship I have. It's the fellowship with the apostles and the written word of God, the word of life. To who believe and adhere to, trust and rely on the name of the Son of God. 
everyone in here could say, I have believed and trusted in the name of the Son of God in this group. I know you can. Amen? And he said, in, in, the, in, the, in the peculiar services and blessings conferred upon him by men, so that you may know, say no. Do you know, if you look at any uh, epistle, this guy, Paul, uh, Paul, John uses the word no, big no, all the time. No means his spirit. No means intuition. No means you know something that you don't understand, but you know. And he uses that a lot. With the settled and absolute knowledge. Will you say that? Say, I have a settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life. I already have life. Yes, I already have life. Yes, I already have life. Yes, I have eternal life. Yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> Those O's. I have life and I have eternal life because I have the Son. Because I, and then because I have the Son, I have fellowship. Amen? And because I have fellowship and because I have the Son and because I have life, I have confidence when I pray. 14th verse. And this is the confidence. I want you to say it with me. I have fellowship. And out of my fellowship comes life. And that life is his eternal life. And out of that life, I've got confidence. I have assurance. I have boldness that I have in him because of him. I'm sure that if I ask anything, if I make any request according to his will, I know it's his will because I have fellowship, because I have life. That's why I got confidence. That's why I know, say no, it's his will. And I ask and I make a request in agreement with his own plan. And he listens. He listens. And he hears us. He listens. And he hears us. I thank you, Father, that you hear me always. I thank you, Father, that you hear us always. This is the confidence that we have in him. Anything that we ask. John saw it. John wrote it. So we could believe it and experience with them. I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to pray. Out of the fellowship that you've gotten today with Jesus. Out of the presence of God. And out of that life eternal. That you inspired you to have a confidence before a living God in an open heaven. That whatever you ask, you know it's the will of God because of the fellowship of God in you. You're asking by divine compelling what he desires for you. What things whoever you desire when you pray. When you mean it, believe you've received it. And it's happening and it will happen. Therefore I say unto you, whosoever shall say... Unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and will not doubt in his heart, but will believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. They will. If you believe it's happened and happening, you'll see God's divine happening. So right now with your neighbor, ask the desire that God put in your heart. Do not be afraid. We have this confidence in him. Ask. Ask. Will you? Grab your neighbor's hand. Grab your neighbor's hand. Horace, grab Brian's hand. He's right behind you. Grab Brian's hand. Grab Brian's hand. He's right behind you. They got three hands. Grab him. Go ahead. You guys can let go of his hand. Go with Brian. This way here you can pray together. Go ahead. He's not going to hear you. Here. You guys get together. Go ahead and grab his hand. No, you don't need his. Go ahead. He's going to be in this circle. You guys go over there. Two. You don't have the whole group. Two of you. We're two or more. I'm just doing a symbolic thing. Two or more. Two or more. Open heaven. Open heaven. Divine asking. Oh, just ask. Oh, just ask. Oh. Oh. Asking, asking. Having the confidence. Having the confidence. Having the confidence.
Will you just say that to your neighbor? Say, I've asked, and the happening, it's happening, it's happening. And the happenings of God are happening in them. The happenings of God are happening in them. I believe they've happened, and they're happening, and the happenings of God are occurring. I believe that. This is the confidence that we have in Him. I thank you, Father, that you always hear me when I pray. Thank you, Father, that you always hear us. Happenings of God are happening. Happenings of God are happening. We walk away believing. We walk away from this prayer believing that it's happened. Believing that it's happening. And it happens. The happenings of God in all of our lives. The happenings of God. We have it. These things are written that you might know. That happened. We believe, Lord, today that it's happened and it continues to happen after this prayer. And we see the happenings of God. The happenings of God. In this church, the same. We see the happenings of God. You give dreams and anchorings and all those things for this place. For your divine happenings. We believe you're happening. We believe you're happening in this church. We believe you're happening in the people of God here. We believe you're happening in your destinies here. We believe you're happening in the identifying. We believe you're happening in the image of yourself through us. We believe you're happening in this community through us. We believe the happenings of God are happening through this church. We believe that it's been a root, but Jesus springing forth out of dry ground. Breaking forth with not only the gospel of salvation and justification, which we love, but of sanctification. Of glorification of your image and likeness. Of transformation. Of confirmation in you and true function of the body of Christ in Jesus name 